NBA playoffs. We got the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. Gif. It has been tremendous across the board throughout the NBA season, especially the bubble season. Um, playoffs have been stellar. To be you know, to be honest, it was just you know over the course of the the entire season. Um, the bubble season, you just kind of wondered, okay, are these players ever going to hit, you know, brick wall and not being able to play and not being able to be, you know, well conditioned? But let me tell you what, hats off to all these teams because they've all came to play. And um, you know, talking about the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, just to recap the the series so far. All right, so it was a dog fight in Game One. You know, overtime battle, you had Bam Adebayo's block on Tatum, which is just one of the best blocks. Um, top five, not not the best, but one of the best. Um, and that was an incredible game, back-to-back, toe-to-toe kind of movement. You know, you just sort defensively and offensively. Celtics give away a 17-point lead going into game two. Miami comes back in the third and fourth and fulfill that lead. And Jimmy Butler came to play that, that game. And then, you know, game three, as we all know, the green came to play. They got Gordon Hayward back. So the Celtics are up, uh, down, sorry, two to one in this series. And so what I want to get into, uh, GIF, is just the the coaching, the back and forth, the the schematic approach going against each each other has just been, it's been crazy to see. It's probably been one of the best coaching series that I've seen by Eric Spolstra in in a while. Like I have to give this guy a tip to my to the cap because he has this team and he is out coaching Brad Stevens by a mile. By a mile. And we'll see if that changes because of Gordon Hayward addition. So I guess in my eyes, where's our Spolstra in your eyes as far as becoming like an elite coach? I mean, do you think he's top five, top three at, at the moment? to say he's the best coach in the league and and the reason why I say that is because look when you get not necessarily gifted but when you get gifted you know guys back when the you know LeBron and Chris Bosh and, and Dwayne Wade you know with the big three in Miami um, he showed that he could look the, the biggest thing for a lot of coaches is that how do you how do you manage all that talent right how do you how do you win Doc Rivers Doc Rivers gift yep exactly Yep, exactly. So how do you how do you win with all the talent? And he did, and he made it to four straight finals. Like yes, he had LeBron, he had Pete LeBron, he had you know Dwayne Wade, um, still in his prime, and he had Chris Bosh, who I think you know not to get off on a, on a tangent, but Chris Bosh is, is many times the forgotten guy. Um, look, he was the guy who who got the rebound in, in Game Six when they pushed uh, when you know Ray Allen hit that three in the corner, and, the, and they and they pushed uh, San Antonio to Game Seven. So you know, coaching the league because he had the talent. And he won with the Heat. Now he has lesser talent, but better pieces, and they can all flow together. The fact that Jimmy Butler has found his home is the alpha dog of all alpha dogs. So the fact that you have that guy who can create, who can, you know, basically get his own shot down the stretch, and then you have Duncan Robinson, and then you have Tyler Hero, and you have Bam. And you have, you know, Goran Dragic, and you have all of those pieces that are around each other. Look, the, I think the the number one guy who the Celtics have had 
fits with in this series is Dragic. Yeah, go on. Yep. Dragic has 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 murdered them so far. Yes. So, and I think that, and I think the Celtics tend to more against quicker, craftier guards than your typical wing six seven, six eight. You know those types of long guys on the perimeter. But I did they have nobody right now. Right. But I'll tell you what, Giff, I love the adjustment that Brad Brad Stevens made in Game Three, and that adjustment was putting Marcus Smart onto Goran Dragic. I think that was huge. It was, um, you know, needed obviously um, with the way he played, and I do like, you know, Duncan Robinson's making a name for himself right now. He's looking like Clay Thompson shooting lights out. I think he's right around like the fifty percent mark from three. He's just been on fire and he, he he has a quick stroke he holds it high we hear it all the time on the broadcast he's exactly what you need out of a three-point shooter one he doesn't miss often but two he holds the ball high he doesn't have to bring it down for the defense to set so um i really think this Miami heat team like you said is having a ton of weapons giving a ton of issues to brad stevens and every time eric spolster makes makes an adjustment Brad Stevens nowhere to show as far as adjustments go. In-game adjustments are so huge in these type of settings. It's obviously the playoffs. You, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Miami Heat night in and night out. And the reason why is because they have so many weapons, like I said, that they can design different schematic approaches. And that's why I think Eric Spolstra is by far one of the best coaches in the NBA because he's making – the most out of these players and playing through their strengths and realizing, you know, I can kick Jay Crowder out for three and I can have Jimmy Butler drive to the lane and kick it out to Tyler Harrow because he's going to be open or Duncan Robinson because he's open because the help's coming. So anytime they run zone two, when they ran zone, the Celtics had the toughest time, toughest time trying to play offense. And it was like high school basketball. You were texting me during that game. You said, it was the worst thing for the Celtics to get cute with the three-pointers because they they got comfortable, and then what happens when you get comfortable? You start shooting like you're going to make it every single time, and that is not the way to play basketball. The way that they play basketball in Game 3 is how they, sh- they need to beat Miami. And just to pinpoint something right now, um, when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown scored 20-plus points, the Celtics are 20-3. and three. That's saying something. That's saying to get these guys the ball, and the reason why with Jalen Brown is because he attacks the rim. He attacks the hoop. He plays defensively sound basketball. So I think over the course of the series, you're going to see it back and forth battles. I think this is going six or seven in my eyes. Um, I don't know who's going to win yet, and I'm a huge Seas fan, and I want to see the Celtics you know, advance to the NBA Finals. But the Heat scare me, and the reason why they do is because Eric Spolstra can make adjustments. And Jimmy Butler is that guy. And you have great shooters. And anytime you surround a great uh, perimeter, um, sorry, a great, you know, hard-nosed grinder that can, you know, go in and score at ease and then kick it out for three, that's a scary thing. That's LeBron James-esque. LeBron James loves shooters around the perimeter because he can drive to the hoop and kick it out for three. He knows he can count on those guys. Yeah, I think, um, well, to, look, I, I don't, like the first two games, yes, I think Spo definitely outcoached um, on Brad Stevens, but Brad Stevens didn't have a full deck either. And I think when you when you, what you saw in Game Three with Hayward coming back is that those first two games um, in, 
the fourth quarter and in the first game in overtime. Pro ball, iso ball. And I think that it had a lot to do with the fact that they didn't have another playmaker uh, on the floor to get everybody else involved. And and I don't know if 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 the moment is getting too much to Kemba. I don't know if he's fully fully uh, healthy or what the deal is. But you know there wasn't another playmaker that's out there. So I think with the full weapons at Brad Stevens' disposal now, I don't think you'll see the hero ball coming down the stretch. I don't think you'll see that because if Hayward's on the floor. He's a guy who can slash, who can kick, and I think pretty much at the end or towards the tail end corner, but you know, it was close down the stretch, and then Hayward basically got into the lane, dished it out to somebody for three, and that stopped a run from, from Miami. So I think Hayward's gonna be a big key here. Um and look. And defensively too, I right? Think, defensively, yep, I mean yep, uh, yep, he can yep, guard any yep. position. Yep, defensively too. So I think that this series, I think it goes seven, um, but I, I think Miami comes out on top. And the only reason why I say that is because I don't, I don't think that Jalen Brown can can be the guy at the end of the game yet, yet that refused to lose when it comes to giving him the ball. I think Tatum is on the precipice of that, but I think that he can rely too much on the three-point shot at times as if he hits a couple, get ready because 12 are going up during the game. So I think it goes seven. I think Miami wins because and I think Jimmy Butler knows I, the way that he can read of, uh, of the game where he needs to do whatever he needs to do at that given time frame, whether it's going, get a foul, Get some free throws, whether going, you know, whether he drives, kicks out the Dragic or Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. I think that'll be the difference. I think it'll be a hard fought series. I think Miami wins seven. Um, I want to see the the Celtics go in because I think the Lakers are going to go in, and I want to see another Lakers Celtics final. Um, we can kind of segue to that in a second, but um, I think Miami wins seven. But I think I hope the Celtics get there just for the you know historical matchup. Yeah, I, I hands down agree with you. Before we get to the Lakers, though, one point I do want to make is that if the Celtics, this is like the climax. This is the answer for me. If the Celtics can monitor and manage Bam Adebayo, I think the Celtics can come away with the series. The only thing that scares me with Bam is he's unbelievable with pick and roll with Goran Dragic, and the Celtics have no answer defensively. And Cantor's lost, Tice's lost, and they have Robert Williams, who's just not ready for you know defensively sound basketball. He can be good offensively, but when it comes to defense, when it comes to positioning, defensive positioning is huge. And if you can guard Bam Adebayo off the pick and roll, he, they will advance. But if they cannot stop Bam Adebayo, they will not. They will not be there in the NBA Finals when it's all said and done. So. I just want to make that point because a lot of people get caught up in the big names, right? You got Jalen Brown, you got Kemba Walker, you got you know Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward. That's all great and dandy. But can you stop the key factors of the Miami Heat? And that's something that Brad Stevens needs to outcoach Eric Spolcher moving forward in these final you know four games, whatever it takes. So moving on to your Los Angeles Lakers. There's no shock, right? Like, you, you can't go into the series and say, the Nuggets got it. You can't be shocked. 
that the LA Lakers are up two to zero in this series. Um. Well, I mean, look, you're you're one Miles Plumley gaff away from being tied up in this series. I mean, honestly, like the fact that he didn't trail AD on that last inbound to to win it. I I, Mace, I don't Mace, know. Mason Plumley. I get what you're saying. Yes. Um, the fact that, that he just he just let him go, and and honestly, the 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 thing that people overlook on that is the fact that Jokic was guarding the inbounder, and then he was able to recover and still put up a good defensive effort against AD for that shot. So I, that I don't understand what I don't know what they had for a defensive call. I'm not sure. But the fact that, that Plumlee didn't go out and at least curl or at least hug AD to make that shot a little bit harder escapes me. I, I, I have no idea. Um, look, I think it it's all going to come down to who of the other guys from Denver can step up. Because you know Murray's going to be there. Murray's been unbelievable this entire, you know, this entire postseason. Are you? Are you? Hold on. Before you before you get to that point, are you becoming a believer in Murray? Yes, and, and the reason why I've always been uh, not necessarily been a hater, but Murray to me has always been again a trick or treat sort of guy. A you know, he can yeah. he can show. I mean, you know, last year in the playoffs, uh, get forty points, and then it was that series with San Antonio that went seven. Yeah. He had, I think he had four games where he scored at least, you know, 25, 30 points and then won all of those games. And then the other three games, he didn't show up. He's shown a consistency in this, which makes them elite. Um, but I think for Denver in this series, you, you know, Murray's going to show up, you know, Jokic is going to show up, but Michael Porter, um, Gary Harris, um, Jamari Grant, Oh, even Paul Millsap. You know, Millsap's given him good minutes, but what additionally does Denver have to match what the Lakers do? Because, look, you got AD, you got LeBron. But Rondo, playoff Rondo, uh, is, is here and he's here to stay. As soon as he got back in, in, from that injury into the bubble and he's able to take the ball out of LeBron's hands, still keep the same pace, point people to where they need to be, and get people the ball where they need to get it. On multiple occasions, even in that Rocket series, floating out on the perimeter, Rondo tells him to get on the block. Yeah. So I think Rondo has been phenomenal in this series. Um, he's been phenomenal in the playoffs so far. Um, and look, so but but LeBron, if, I, if I may pause, go ahead. if I may pause on that note, I will say. Rondo has been a tremendous facilitator and playmaker. Don't get it twisted. He hasn't been scoring lights out. But what he does perfectly, as I mentioned in our show notes, is he is the most ideal playmaker that LeBron James ever needed in this type of offense. And he is fulfilling that point guard role, that floor general, where LeBron can kind of step away and he can let Rondo take over and you know make, th- make things happen. And that, that's exactly what playoff Rondo is, is he gets people involved at the right times. And when he needs to hit a clutch shot, he, he hits threes. So, um, but continue your point. Yeah, I just think for, for, for Denver, it's who else? Who else can step up? Who else can, can match the, the you know, role players uh, for the Lakers? Right. Um, 
And look, you know, and I think I look, I think the Lakers win this in five. I do. Um, I, I think that the. I think you know, they sweep. I think the they Lakers, sweep. Bring the brooms out in game four. It's done. done. Uh, I see. I, I'm not going to do that just because Denver is, has come back twice from three, one. And then they get that team has so much fight. And, and, but I think, I think it's Lakers in five. Um, look, but kind of to go back to your point on the, how energized guys have been in the bubble. And you think that there's going to be a tail off and you think that the energy's kind of, kind of fall off a little bit. I think the lack of travel helps. really helps yes. everybody because look, you got to think if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're traveling, regardless if you're going to LA to Denver, Denver to LA, you still got to go to the airport. You still got to go through baggage. You still got to get to your hotel. You still have to, to get to the arena. I think with all those distractions, out and the lack of travel out and being in the same place for the same amount of time. I think that definitely helps. Um, and I think that that's why you really haven't seen a tail off as far as the energy and as far as the, the effort is concerned. I think that's a big, that's a tremendous a big point. thing. Yeah. I, I agree. think it's it, honestly the lack of travel, the fact that you can literally finish a game, go to your hotel and rest. There's no travel. There's nothing. I, I think that definitely helps. Um, do, do you think that, to that point, do you think the NBA might start the bubble kind of, or do you, obviously it's it's very very difficult for you to have like you know fans you know not in the home arena and getting those ratings and you know getting those jerseys. But as far as like the playoffs go, can you see like a neutral site possibly happen? No, nah, because there's so much money in playoff basketball. Okay. Yep. Whether because 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 the ticket prices are up. Um, people are going to go there. They're going to buy merch. They're going to buy, you know, booze. They're going to buy, you know, all of the the bells and whistles that that they're there to sell. So I don't think that that goes there. Um, I think next year it might. Right? Who knows about Corona? And who knows about whether the vaccine or anything like that? I think they go to it next year for sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's too much money to be to to be made and to be lost, regardless if you if you do it or or you don't do it. But um, but the play we, the play has been unbelievable, guys. It's just been unbelievable. It's been awesome. Can yeah. we talk about the Clippers real quick? Yeah, let's go right ahead. Can, 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 can we? So, the, the it's first off, if you want to laugh, go to all the tweets that Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum oh, were great. sending out about Pat Beverly. It's phenomenal. Just yeah. like the Cancun stuff and having an extra, you know, having an extra seat on the plane and having an extra room phenomenal and even when dame's not in the playoffs he's still market guys on twitter which is phenomenal yeah but to me i and again this could be again armchair gm armchair quarterback i don't know if paul george is the guy i don't know if he's the guy to be with Kawhi because like that whole playoff p stuff is just nonsense stop like really like but and and I read a, I forgot whether it was in who had released it. I saw it on Barstool today. But the fact that Paul George, like in the locker room, like they're down three one, they lose game seven, and he's like talking to everybody about like coming back strong next year, which is totally tone deaf, not what anybody needed to hear at that at that particular time frame. I think there's a chance that they look to trade him. And like look. And let's just this is the this is the ultimate statistic. The Clippers, I want to see if I got this right, but the Clippers gave up 
seven picks yep. to get Paul George. No, Paul George. Five. Five. Five, I believe. okay. Yeah. He get five picks and he hit four shots in game seven. That's stat of all time. Yeah. It, it just is. Um, and look, Kawhi didn't. So was it Kawhi? Did he want Jimmy Butler instead of Paul George? Wasn't that his number one? Yeah, I, I believe I believe uh, Jimmy Butler was the first one, and then Paul George was the second, and then I think he was gonna revert back to the Lakers as like a last kind of destination if he couldn't get three guys to yeah, sorry, two guys to play. Um, when you mention Paul George, right in conversation, who who do you think of? Because I think of him as like a tier two guy. I don't look at him as like you know Kawhi level. Or even I think Damian Lillard's you know better than Paul George. Um, so I mean, in my eyes, I just don't think you know th- their their process is correct. Like I, I feel like the way that they went out and got him, and you know they have Doc Rivers now as being the coach, and you know we we also we also what Doc did. Doc did a really good job handling the veterans in the big three um, with KG Paul and Ray, but for the most part. He didn't really get the job done as Eric Spolster did, right? So what I'm trying to get at is I think this whole um, Clippers demolishing, it can happen. But in my eyes, this has been probably the worst, the worst possible situation the Clippers could have. Because you are built, built for an NBA title. And you have the coach to do it, so they say. And you have the supporting cast, but the supporting cast didn't show up. And I felt like they were just a team that was like, okay, we got Paul George, we got Kawhi Leonard, we got Montrezl Harrell, we got Pat Beverly, we got Lou Williams. We're going to the NBA Finals. I think they thought it was wrapped up in a bow after the, you know, they were up against the Nuggets, 3-1, to one, and then or was it 3-0? And then the Nuggets came back and just killed their hopes and dreams. And it was so great to see at the end of that game, in Game 7, because Jamal Murray put himself on the map as being the demon of the Clippers. It was such a great sign, as as far as basketball goes, to show the, you know, you had the David versus Goliath matchup. And I'll tell you what, you had no idea that the Nuggets were going to do that, because nobody was picking the Clippers. I mean, nobody was picking the Nuggets. So. Oh yeah, and, and 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 I think for Doc, um, the stubbornness to adjust, I think, has been a real. About guys like Eric Spolstra, you talk about guys like Brad Stevens who uh, make adjustments. Yes. Doc Doc didn't make any adjustments. He no. played Lou Williams far too much in that series. Agreed. I mean, defensively, he was a sieve. Yeah. And like, look, like I, I and again. I'm a five eight punchy white guy talking about you know athletes playing basketball here, but just looking watching the games, defensively he was getting lost, and and he wasn't getting any Doc wasn't getting anything out of him offensively. So why do you play him? Honestly, like why why even have him? And look if you if you notice like seven, or if he did, I didn't notice what he did. So just the 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 unwillingness to adjust for the lineups that you have I think definitely hurt and look and, and to his credit Mike Malone did a fantastic job in that series you know just uh, look you're down three one against 
the the, the favorite to, to win the NBA title. Yeah. So, kudos definitely have to be to uh, to Mike Malone for that. But yeah, I I th- I don't think they blow it up because they spent so much collateral, um, you know, so much um, picks on Paul George. I think they run it back. But if you see the same results, say they go to the Western Conference Finals next year and say they lose to the Lakers or they lose to the Nuggets or whomever, I think you see Kawhi opt out and I think you see Paul George opt out and it's going to be all of those picks for nothing. Yeah, but I, I think that's the biggest disaster in NBA history because you're in the semifinals. You're not even in the Western Conference Finals and not, not even a chance to make it to the NBA Finals. You're in the semifinals and you lose. Like, that's just a terrible way of not being prepared to play a team that just hard-nosed, had the ability to beat you, and just never gave up. And I think they just thought it was going to be a gift walking into the Western Conference Finals, playing the Lakers. So, um, that being said, Giff, um, like I said, I got Lakers in the, you know, in the sweep, bring out the brooms. Um I'm still holding on to my pick with, with the Celtics and he, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I will see what happens in game four and I'll probably make my decision then. But as far as this goes, I think it's a, a moving target. I just think it's a back and forth kind of battle and I don't know who will come out in the East, but I will say when we get to the, the NBA finals, man, these guys are going to be ready to play and coaches are going to be ready to coach. And it, it, like you said, the bubble's perfect. No travel. It's it's awesome to see, and I hope it stays consistent and you know constant action, constant you know good ball movement. I've seen the best ball movement I have ever seen uh, in the bubble, and that's saying something. So uh, that being said, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, no final thoughts for me. I think um, you know, I think both, you know, it's just been good. It's been good basketball. It's been fun to watch. Um, you know, I think that, um, so just quickly, um, I think for, it's just quickly for Milwaukee fans, the fact that Giannis said, don't call me an MVP until I win a title. I think that's right on the right track for him. seems like he's, he's taking things with not a grain of salt, but okay. I got back to back MVPs phenomenal, but we haven't won anything yet. So I think for Milwaukee fans, that's a good as far sign. as that giant opt-out, yeah, that's a good sign. And for that giant opt-out at the end of next year, I think he'll stay. Uh, but I do think that that three-hour meeting or whatever he had with the owner was like, hey. Got to get me help. Got to get me some help. And, and sorry, Chris Middleton isn't the answer. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I know I know he kills your Celtics, but he's not the answer. You got to try to remove yourself from that Eric Bledsoe contract. Um, Brooke Lopez – uh, maybe, you know, I think he's definitely, you know, I think he's could be a piece of that. Um, but he slows know, that I, team I just, down though. He slows that team down too much. Yeah, he does. But um, it, it, you got to get more shooting because the, the sell the Celtics defense of him, or excuse me, Miami's defense of him with the wall. That's how you're supposed to, you're supposed to play a wall against Giannis. And he didn't know what to do. Those shooters didn't know what to do. And look, I think it's a real big key for that team. Regular season basketball is a hell of a lot different than postseason basketball. Yep. And when your entire uh, regular season is based upon give Giannis the ball, 
and let him do whatever. Yeah, that that goes well against the Nets. That goes well against the Magic. That goes well against the Bulls. But when you get to the upper echelon teams, they know what you do, and they're going to try to make you adjust to that. And out of all of the teams in the playoffs, office time, when you took their fastball away or when you took one part of their game away, they had no idea how to how to adjust from there. So I think I think you're definitely going to see some changes in Milwaukee, um, and and try to get Giannis some more help. Agreed. And I, I think Spo is definitely a good coach um, to go up against Milwaukee because he made the right adjustments. So that being said, uh, I think we'll sign off here. We'll um, we'll get back to it on week nineteen. Um, I'm sure we're going to have you know a lot of football and uh, basketball to talk about as well. So look forward to it, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Kev. Dope. Doses.